Happy Monday. Happy Masterful Living. <laughs> so grateful to join with you today for a holy purpose. Ah, yes, indeed. So grateful. So let us join together in prayer. Let us open our minds to receive the blessings that are ours to receive. Hmm. Taking a breath of love and gratitude, we open our heart and we open our mind to the highest possibility of love. We are actively saying yes to the unlimited, unprecedented power and presence of our own holiness. So grateful and so thankful to say yes to our ascension, our awakening, our healing. We partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self to remember that our true identity is perfect love. It always has been and it always will be. There are no obstructions in the mind of God and so we are surrendering any belief in obstructions. We are grateful and thankful to place on the holy altar fire of divine love any belief in lack and limitation. All of the permission that we have ever given ourselves to foster thoughts of attack and blame, we're surrendering that now and we're opening ourselves to the highest possibility of healing. We are willing to forgive, to forgive ourselves, to forgive the trespasses, the debts, the trespassers, and the debtors. We are willing to accept the kingdom is our inheritance. We are surrendering all the fear and the causes of fear, allowing ourselves to know perfect love, active in our minds, here and now. <sighs> so grateful and so thankful to join together for this holy purpose. So grateful that the word is powerful and mighty. That this is the perfect word of God and it knows no limitation. It knows no block. This word is powerful and it is deeply healing. And we are grateful and thankful to affirm our healing now. We're allowing our healing now. Truly we are sharing the benefits with everyone because we are one with them so grateful and so thankful that love is not conditional and love is what we are. Pure love. We're already as holy as holy can be and so is everyone else. In gratitude, we allow our healing to be. We let it be and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen.
Yes. How wonderful. <laughs> so today we're going to focus on forgiveness and in particular self-forgiveness. Of course, the Miracles tells us that all forgiveness is self-forgiveness. And just before we go right into that, uh, there are a couple of other things to mention here. So um, someone had put in Facebook that uh, the documentary Water the Great Mystery that's on your video page wasn't operating properly. So uh, we're going to get that fixed. And I did put the link in your Facebook group. And I highly encourage you to watch that documentary. You can also get it as a DVD on Netflix. It's really good. I've seen it a few times. And uh, there's another great documentary that I also encourage you to watch, and it's called Doing Time, Doing Vipassana. Doing Time, Doing Vipassana. And I think that there is a link on your video page. And if not, uh, I know we, we can put one there so you can let me know uh, or Tina know if there's not one there. Um, I'd like to follow up on a couple of things in the community calls. It's a beautiful discussion on Saturday. Those community calls are so powerful and beautiful. I, I appreciate everyone who participates in them and uh, the facilitators who hold that space for you to have that dialogue. It's really quite exceptional, really extraordinary. And it, it, it is extraordinary because of the non-judgment and the safety that that provides for people to share in ways that are authentic and transparent. So it's really, really beautiful, the space that you're creating. And um, there was a discussion that uh, many people were involved in around um, when something happens in the world that uh, feels upsetting. So uh, there's that saying, I don't know who said it first, but it's that if you spot it, you got it. Um, I don't actually use that saying very often because I think it's misleading. <laughs> so I'm not a proponent of it. But what I do know is this. If someone says or does something and I feel upset, it's because I have a judgment or an opinion or a belief. And they're really all the same thing. And it's come up into my awareness, into my attention, because I am ready to have a healing around it. So I've learned to be grateful when I'm upset because I'm interested in the healing. And I have been upset a billion times in my life without any healing, and now I know it's my healing opportunity I am not interested in letting it pass me by. I am interested only in taking full advantage of it. And so particularly if someone says something unkind or uncaring or attacking, which actually happens to me, you know, on a regular basis as it does to 
most people. Um, and it's people are attacking me with their judgments and opinions. It only bothers me if I feel congruent with it, if I believe it in some way. However, judgments and opinions are never the truth. They're never the truth. So I'd just like to say um, in the conversation on Saturday, Miles had quoted me as saying, if it upsets you that it's true. But that's not actually what I say. If it upsets you, you believe it's true on some level. It's it's an opinion that you share in some way. Or that judgment or opinion, that belief triggers some other judgment or opinion or belief that's perhaps similar to it. But not that it's actually true. Because if somebody says you're a stupid person or a bad person and that upsets you, it's not because that's true. It's because you believe it's true on some level. And that that's an important distinction. So, And that may be what Miles meant. I don't know if you're on the call, Miles, but um, feel free to jump in, raise your hand if you are. Uh, but I just wanted to clarify that because people can say mean things, but if it's upsetting to you, that doesn't mean that what they're saying is true, but that on some level you are in agreement with it or you believe it or something similar. Or perhaps it could even be that it's triggering some experience that you had that was similar and a similar belief and it's all for our healing. It's It serves a holy purpose. It truly, truly does. So if we can snap ourselves into gratitude that the healing is happening, then oh, we can have that healing. But if we fight against it and we defend ourselves, then, as it says in Lesson 135 in A Course in Miracles, if I defend myself, then what I'm doing is I'm validating the attack and making the attack real. I must be believing in it and investing in it in some way. So, it and it can seem like we need to forgive people for attacking us or upsetting us or making us upset. I had an experience last week with someone where um, they uh, kept me waiting for a half an hour. And um, it, it was ice in my family. And um, I said, we were, I was taking my two nephews to the museum. And my older nephew, I said, we're going to leave at 1030. He said, okay. And then he went into the bathroom and into the shower, and he um, ended up keeping us waiting for a half an hour. We didn't leave till 11 o'clock, and he took an incredibly long shower. And um, and I got I got upset by it uh, because I thought he is somehow disrespecting me. And I 
must have done something to cause him to feel that I'm not worthy of his respect. So when we finally were getting in the car, I said, I don't know what it is I've done that you would disrespect me in this way, but I, when we come back later this afternoon, I would like to talk about it and clear the air because I would like a chance to make right whatever it is I did that has upset you that you would intentionally treat me in this manner and keep both of your brother and I waiting. So I own it. This is something I've done that you're treating me in this manner. And um, and then when we talked about it, and then once I said that, I was totally fine. I And we went to the the museum, and we had a great afternoon, a really great time. And, um, you know, there was no no problems, no animosity, no difficulty, no upset. I took total responsibility for it. And uh, then when we talked, he said, I just, I just lost, I didn't realize what time it was. I didn't, I lost track of time. And so we had a little conversation about that and that was that. So now the way I used to operate, I would have actually cultivated my upset and I would have gotten really uh, angry and I probably would have said something unkind and none of that would have been helpful. None of that would have been a good idea. And so I'm really, really glad that I didn't do any of that and that I don't do that kind of stuff anymore. I'm so grateful that I don't uh, create those nasty upsets that I used to create on a regular basis. And then, of course, when I would do that, then I would feel guilty and I would feel ashamed and I would feel bad and wrong and I would just implode. And it was the height of unkindness to myself that I would allow myself to become angry and vindictive and all of that. And one of the things that I have learned in, oh, the last 15 years or so, one thing that I've learned that's been so helpful to me is that it's extremely important for me to cultivate a peaceful mind and that I cannot actively be awakening and eliminating the causes of suffering while simultaneously giving myself permission to invest in those false beliefs and those attitudes and moods and taking moods out on people and all of those behaviors that I used to engage in. So I've really, really learned that it's extremely important for me to cultivate the ability to not vent my emotions and to be calm and peaceful uh, as much as I can, which does not mean ignoring my feelings or pretending that they aren't there, or making the feelings bad or wrong. I don't need to do any of that. Because that that is 
not acknowledging them for the purpose that they serve. So this is why I teach about the divine alarm clock, because it's that alarm clock going off that helps you to recognize the mental, emotional, physical alarm clock going off helps you to recognize when your thoughts are not peaceful thoughts. And we... we that's we can go right to gratitude from there when we're not feeling peaceful. And I I know that you probably have heard me say all of this many times, many different ways, but it's baseline in your spiritual practice to be kind to yourself. So being kind to yourself means practicing non-judgment so that your emotional body your mental body and your physical body do not become inflamed by the thoughts that are not peaceful. It's so detrimental to allow yourself to run away with your emotions. And it's just not necessary. It's really, it's um, not to to judge it, but it's just... um, it's a baseline practice if you aspire to mastery. And you know what? The folks who have been in this class for a couple of years, they can tell you that they have learned to be quite masterful day by day, week by week, month by month, practicing this awareness and working truly working with forgiveness. Um, I don't know if there's anybody uh, who's been in Masterful Living more than a year or even someone who's new to it who can uh, attest to your practice of mastery that you're no longer as easily irritated, frustrated, upset, angry, sad, depressed. Uh, Those emotional roller coasters are not happening for you that the way they used to. Anybody like to share a um, testimonial? All right, Maggie's raising her hand here. Hi, Jennifer. Hey. Hi, why don't you just um, say a little bit about yourself. People will be familiar with you from uh, facilitating the community calls. Yeah. Um, What you're talking about right now is really resonating with me because over the past year and, well, almost two years, I've really uh, been working towards healing a lot of relationships at my workplace. Um, uh, I guess really healing myself within that, the dynamics of the workplace. And, um, and I've really seen so many changes, especially recently. Um, I I mean there there just seem seems like there's so many I'm not even sure where to start, um, but I mainly I saw changes in how I reacted to the the behaviors that I guess were troubling to me or um, uh, l- like you had with your nephew where it, you know it tweaked you in some way or um, something like that, but. Um, mm-hmm. But I've I've seen that really diminish um, my reactions like that to the point where I actually see the dynamic at work changing, not just me, but 
people around me. I've seen some changes over the past few months. Not that I expect anybody else to change, but it's really cool to see that that there is something else changing. Mhm, that's right. <laughs> so, absolutely. Mhm. Yeah. Thank you. Mhm. All right. We have uh, Rob here raising his hand. Hey, Rob. Hey there. I'm sorry. Oh, Rob. It's very, very scratchy there. Yeah. How's that? Is that is that better? Yes, it is. Yes, I just had to had to had to take you off uh, off of speakerphone. Give me just one second. I'm just walking into my place here. But you know, as you know, I took master for living in 2010. And um, and this year my focus, even though even though well, let's not even go there. But okay, my focus this year has just been like on peace and serenity and just being in the moment, shall I say? And uh, I'm sorry if I'm outside and there's a lot of noise here, but I'm just walking in now. So, um, long story short is uh, my boss's boss was was annoyed at me um, last month and part of this month because he said while I had the attitude, while I was making the effort and all this sort of stuff, I basically had a bad attitude. Um, and that, um, you know, that's why, that's, that's why my results last month weren't that great and my results this month have 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 doubled, so maybe if I'm taking the time to go and um, and uh, meditate before I go out and knock on doors for a solar company. If those for those that don't know what I do, which is why it's so important, because when you're knocking on doors and talking and talking to strangers, you know different 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 experience all the time. You need to. Um, you need to basically be in a be in a place whereby you're not whereby whatever whatever happens for the for the earlier part of the day or at the last or for the month or whatever is not bugging you and you're just in uh, in the moment and I'm, and so I'm having a, a really great month this month simply because I'm really focusing on just being in the moment and talking to people and having and having a conversation with them rather than rather than like coming across as like a pussy salesman or something like that. So Excellent. That's a great great share. Thank you, Rob. Sure. Yeah, that's no great. Problem. Uh and uh okay, we've got Grace here. Here we go, Grace. Grace, you may need to self-unmute. Not hearing you, Grace. All right. I'm not sure what's happening with you, Grace, but um, I am going to that mute button and lower your hand so if you uh, want to try to share again 
feel free. Oh, I see you. It's like you've called in on two lines. Let me try this one. Grace? Grace? Oh, there you are. Can you hear me? Now I can hear you. Now you can hear me? Yes. Oh, God, I'm so sorry about that. Yeah. Anyway, Jennifer, I just wanted to share that there's a level of honesty that hasn't really been there in a long time, like even with myself. And so what I found is that I'm able to just to look at things without so much judgment. And so that has given me more peace and it's given me, it's allowed me to like not like look at something and right away have to determine where my position is. And, mm. and there's been a, a huge level of peace for me in that regard. And even with my prayer partner, I can really talk about what's really going on without feeling judged. And, and that's been a process of, like, the whole Facebook page. When I first heard it, I wanted to judge it and go, like, oh, I don't want to know, you know. And and the community calls and just the whole, there's just been a lot of opening up of my heart and not feeling judged. And so then in turn, I'm, like, doing that to other people too and to myself, mm. you know, just looking at something and just like, oh, I don't know what that's about, but I know it's all working out for my best and not let my mind wander and stay back in love and look at things. That's part of my contract is that, you know, I see the good in myself and everyone and everything, everywhere, every moment of every day. And and I'm seeing that peace of, like, you know, I feel happy. I really feel happy. Oh, that's so, so beautiful. Wonderful. I'm so grateful for that. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That's a wonderful testimony. Thank you. Yeah. So it it works. And as anyone uh, can attest to, it's not easy. It's not easy. And when I first really began this practice in earnest, I had a lot of challenges and there were times when I just wanted to throw myself off the top of a building and um, I just found that I, I started to really realize how quick to anger, how explosive, how judgmental I was. And I know that this is what people are sharing in the community calls, in the Facebook group, with their prayer partners, that they're beginning to really realize how judgmental it's been and that they've trained themselves to be really, really judgmental. But the good news is, is you don't actually have to train yourself to not be judgmental. You just have to be willing to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self and surrender the attachment to the judgments and the opinions. And then it's really true that spirit can do the heavy lifting if you're willing to surrender it. All right. So we are going to um, move into uh, self-forgiveness here. And uh, just before we do that, one more uh, thing, and that is, uh, well, actually, before we go to that, one more thing. Um, 
it's and this was talked about in the community call. <clears throat> so we go to when we're when we were feeling divine alarm clock going off, we go to gratitude because gratitude multiplies the good because gratitude expands our awareness because gratitude helps us to realize that this is for my healing, this is for my good, and let me accept it now. It helps us to open our hearts and to open our minds. And then we can ask, what's this for? How is this for my good? Instead of the victim question, why is this happening to me? Why are they doing this to me? Why, why, why? Instead we can ask, huh, I wonder why this is happening to me. How is this for my good? How can I accept my good that surely must be encoded into this? Because what could I not accept if I but knew that everything, all situations, circumstances, all occurrences were gently planned by one whose only purpose is my good. Let me accept my good. So that's our practice, and it takes a great willingness to really live in that practice. Now, um, there's also a question that came up in the Facebook group about pain in the body. But I, I really feel that mental pain, mental distress which is what I used to experience, and emotional pain and distress that I used to experience uh, is just as valid as pain in the body. And I can actually even remember feeling that when I was having emotional pain uh, and mental pain, I'd think people who have pain in the body um, shouldn't complain because it's much easier to deal with that than it is to deal with emotional or mental pain and I've also had the thought when I was physically miserable thinking that people who have emotional or mental problems uh, shouldn't complain that physical pain is much much harder to bear so in, when I'm identified with the ego it, everybody's got it better than me that's basically how I used to feel and so Pain in the body, pain in the mind, pain in the emotional body, it's, as it says in Lesson 190 in A Course in Miracles, pain is a wrong perspective. Um, And it really, the perspective is, it's identification with the body, identification with the ego. That's the perspective. So how do we shift our perspective to get out of the pain? It's exactly what we've been talking about. It's that shift into aligning with the higher Holy Spirit self, aligning with our true identity, which is not a body. And to know our salvation is in choosing forgiveness, non-judgment, peace, harmony. So I think it's really valuable, at least it has been for me, that when there's mental, emotional, or physical pain, to be extremely mindful. So paying close attention to where the mind goes. 
And is the mind affirming the pain? Is the mind attracted to the pain and validating the pain and making it real? Because it's definitely possible to realize in the midst of great suffering, I am not a body. And I do remember last week when I was, as I talked about in the Course of Miracle, Living a Course of Miracles homework class on Friday, the night before I had pain, pain, I had food poisoning. And as I was throwing up into a trash can on 7th Avenue, <laughs> right next to Madison Square Garden, uh, and people are walking by, watching me throw up in the, at least I imagine they were watching me or looking away <laughs> as I was throwing up in the trash basket. I was nothing but grateful, nothing but grateful because I I really was not identified with the body and I was grateful the trash can was there. I was grateful that the poisoned food, if you will, that was coming up. I was grateful that it wasn't coming out my nose and... um I was I was just grateful that there was a, a sense of grace to it and ease to it and to get it up and out of me and I didn't have any shame there was no humiliation because I wasn't identified with the body and I didn't have any opinions or judgments about it I just was feeling grateful grateful that I could get it out of me and grateful there was a trash can. <laughs> so, we're, th- there's a reason that we have experiences of pain and suffering. And part of it is to give us an opportunity to work with the mind and to watch where the mind goes. So, Everyone I know experiences distress and suffering. Everyone I know goes to places at times when we think this is bad or wrong, this should not be happening, I don't want this, I don't like this. And we completely forget that everything is gently planned by one whose only purposes are good. And so... The more pain and suffering there is, the greater the opportunity to work with the mind. It's a crash course, if you will, a fast path. So, for instance, so many people I know have had tremendous healing and miraculous experiences when they're willing to shift their mind from looking at something and going, It isn't happening. It's not working. This is bad. This shouldn't be this way. This should be different. To just being able to say, my good is happening. My good is happening now. I'm open to receive my good. I'm grateful for my good. My good is unlimited. And I'm accepting it now. There have been times in my life when I felt afraid and I would just start saying, 
all is well, all is well, all is well, all is well, all is well. There were times when I was afraid because I thought, I can't do this, whatever it is I'm being asked to do. I can't do it. I don't know how to do it. I'm afraid to do it, things like that. And I would just start saying to myself, I can do this. I am doing this. I am doing this. This is going well. Everything is working together for my good. That's one of my favorites. Everything is working together for my good, including this. I'm excited to see how my good manifests. I'm willing to receive my good now. I'm willing to allow the good to flow in my life. I'm so grateful that there is good flowing in my life. This is bringing me to a place of peace. Harmony is breaking out all over. And I've talked about this before. I'm putting all the emotion into it. it you know, and you could say, take all, take anger, fear, whatever it is, and go, everything is working together for my good. I love the way this is bringing my good to me. Thank you, God, for my good. I accept my good now. Let my good be revealed to me. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes. You know, and, and allow the emotion to just get expressed in a positive way. So, if you're feeling any kind of pain and suffering, it's time to really watch your mind very closely and watch. Do you what? What are the thoughts that you give yourself permission to entertain? So it's not about denying your experience. But it's also not about even wanting it to change, but to harvest the good that's encoded in it for you. It's a radical move. You know, A Course in Miracles is a radical teaching compared to the world. And that's why it's so profoundly miraculous and transformative. I mean, people have been doing this work with me for a couple of years. If you ask them, you know, the work that they did the years before, you know, they may have done lots of reading and studying and all kinds of things, but did they have as much miraculous healing? Of course, it has nothing to do with me. It has to do with the teachings and applying the teachings. And, of course, you don't need me to do that. My role is to support you in not giving up and to support you in allowing yourself to be inspired to continue and to accept your healing. Anybody like to share? Anybody like to share anything at all regarding accepting your good Pain, suffering, working with pain. Hey there, Vicki. Hi, Jennifer. Um, I wanted to share that um, I used to have a TMJ, uh, which is this uh, clenching of the jaw, and um, that's how I used to uh, take stress in since um, I was 12 years old. That was the way that my body learned to um co you know with um with a stress uh-huh. um and uh as a child, I just didn't know better i I just 
start having this pain in my in my jaw when I wake up in the morning and so I continue um growing up, uh the pain became more intense and uh and I was just completely like, I don't know why I have this. And uh, that happened until I was 38 years old. And uh, my dentist finally told me, do you know that you have this? You better go to this specialist. And I went to see this specialist and uh, they took x-rays. And they discovered that I had dislocated my jaw from clenching so hard. Mm. So when when I... um received that diagnosis, it was so much validation for me because so many other doctors in the past, they have told me that nothing was wrong with me, that I was making up stories. So when I discovered that I have that condition, I started speaking to uh, my higher self and asking for direction about how to heal it. And um, the specialist was able to put back the uh, jaw in its place. So when I clench, I would not be pinching a nerve in my ear. But it was very, very painful. And um, But the clenching continued. And I started talking to him about it. And he said, well, that's something that you will have to uh, retrain your body not to do because that's just coming from a habit. So that's when I went very deep and a lot of forgiveness came, you know, into my life. And um, But then after I was done with that, I continued to clinch, but not as often or as intense. And I continued asking, okay, show me more, show me more. And one summer I received, which was last summer, I received information that I needed to learn to allow to be supported, allow to receive from others. And uh, that was a huge revelation for me because I thought that, oh, I am the strongest one. I know how to deal with stuff. Nobody else can help me. And my body was telling me that it was time to allow to be supported. And since then, it has been a journey, and I am still learning to allow myself to be loved and to be cared. And it just feels so wonderful to be in that space. I still have a minimal part of the clenching, but it's not as, I mean, it's not a comparison of what it used to be. So I'm just allowing at this point to, to receive the love that is always pouring over me. So surrendering the ego so I learn to open up my heart more and I learn to receive more. Beautiful. Yes. What a great uh, example. Thank you, Vicki. Thank you, Jennifer. All right. And then we have Kristen here raising her hand. Hi, Kristen. Oh, I think you need to unself mute. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah. Hi. Hi. Um, so thank you for bringing up that topic. And I just had a question about that. So I think um, 
when you talk about um, kind of when I'm, you know, when you're dealing with kind of chronic health issues and you're kind of in the trying to solve it and figure it out and research different medications and doctors and all that. Um, and so I think I trying to balance that with just, you know, with if it's, if it's, if it all comes from my mind, then should I just only be focusing on my mind and by, you know, focusing on all the, the other things and might somehow, you know, like it feels conflicted. Like, is it one or the other? Like I either kind of focus on my mind or I'm focusing on, you know, new supplements or new procedures or researching. I don't know if there's anything you can say to that. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So A Course in Miracles is very clear that what what it calls medicine and things like that are magic, which are different than miracles. So magic, basically, according to A Course in Miracles, is dealing with symptoms. Miracles deal with root cause, healing things at the level of root cause. So I... I take lots of supplements because, and I look at it this way, I'm going to be eating food. I'm a person who eats food. I I eat food all day long. And so sometimes I eat super nutritious food. Sometimes I eat food that seems to be less nutritious. But what I've learned is the thing that is most impacting my experience is what do I think about it? If I'm going to eat something and think it's bad for me, then what, how's it going to show up in my body? All thought produces form at some level. So I, I've learned I don't want to eat anything and think it's bad for me. So I either don't eat it or change your mind about it. And if you're eating things that you think are bad for you, then what what's what's motivating you is it self-hatred and then work with the higher holy spirit self to to heal that so now the researching of different supplements and different healing things um there i would look at are is it is it an ego motivation or has spirit inspired you uh, I mean, it's just, I want to get better, <laughs> you know? Right, right. And I've tried, yeah. I feel like I've tried to get quiet and, you know, ask for guidance and, um, and I feel like I don't, I don't know that I hear anything. I feel like sometimes I hear something that's, you know, maybe something I read or maybe something you said in class that kind of stuck with me. And, um, so I don't know if that's, if it's guidance or it's just kind of what I, I think I should be thinking. You know? Yeah, yeah, and that's where most people begin, really. You know, that's, I mean, that's certainly where I began. And the more I cleaned my mind of the judgments and opinions, the more I could recognize inspiration, which comes in so many ways. It can be a feeling. For me, a lot of my inspiration comes from just a feeling that I have. Um, sometimes it's a thought, sometimes it's an image that comes into my mind. Um, sometimes I feel like I hear guidance, 
hearts in some ways comes all different ways. One is not better than another. And so the the thing the number one thing to focus on is how is your mind holding whatever it is that's going on? What are the thoughts that you're thinking around it? Um, and then we're going to talk about self-forgiveness. So really, really doing the self-forgiveness work in earnest. And um, I know a couple years ago we had someone who uh, in year one decided to, or maybe it was year two, they decided to do... 40 days of forgiveness letters and they wrote a forgiveness letter every single day and um, so something like a practice like that um, and I, I'm pretty sure I've talked about a practice of using affirmations and listening to what the ego has to say so if you were going, do you remember that? Me talking yeah, about I did, that? I did that, that was really helpful. Oh good so did you stop doing it because it wasn't helpful anymore? Um, no, I think I just like jumped on to the, you know, a different practice to try. Um, yeah. So, yeah, just notice that it was really helpful, but then you moved on from it. Right. Yeah, maybe you could go back to it. Not that you need to do it every day, but maybe it's something to do a few times a week. Okay. And one thing that I think is a really helpful exercise is to have a little notebook or a lot of people, I, I take a lot of notes in my phone these days, and to really pay attention to the judgments coming up and to just noticing them, um, having the awareness of them, and writing them down. So not having any opinions about the opinions and judgments, but to just write them down as they're coming up as a way of really offloading them and giving them to the Holy Spirit. So you could start a list either in a notebook or on your phone or I think, you know, it's hard to do on a computer unless you're working at a computer all day, but to, to keep a list that's just like, these are the opinions and judgments I'm giving to the Holy Spirit. Another thing is, is if you've got an altar, you know, you can have a God box or a God jar on the altar and just put put them at the end of the day into the, the God box. Um, but really, I, I find that many people are willing to listen to a class and do things like that or attend a class. But the actual practical application of the writing things down, the actual examination of looking at them and saying, okay, I've got this recurring thought. What's it for? You know? Um, so when you did that exercise, did you learn? What did you learn? Um, I'm trying to remember. I did it when um, kind of about the divine experiment. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm trying to remember um, what I um, 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 I just found it in my journal. I was just looking for it. Um, 
oh, it was about, um, cause you were saying the part about, you know, I want to, I really want to know the truth. I want to know the truth, you know, with every aspect of my being. And I think the ego was saying like, no, you don't, you don't really want to know the truth because, you know, you're not going to know what to do with that. And you're not going to be able to stick with it. And, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, do you really want to, to trade in, you know, what you know for what you don't know and what if it's not for you and, um, you know, probably just kind of, um, you know, I'm new to spirituality. So kind of that, mm-hmm. like, you're not holy, you're not, you know, you don't know what you're doing. This isn't for mm-hmm. you. Kind of, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. when you talk about feeling like a spiritual loser or whatever, I think that comes up. I think, I think I'm not comfortable, you know, I have I don't know enough yet, that kind of thing. Good. So one thing you might try, Kristen, is working with an affirmation like, I'm willing to be healthy, happy, and I don't know, something else. What, what, What might be the the affirmation that would work for you something like that i am willing i think in whole like you know just not that constant feeling like something's wrong or something's missing or something should be different um so i am willing to be healthy harmonious and whole okay and so writing that down and then just seeing what the ego has to say okay and then and, and but when you write down what the ego says really write ego says mhm and then look at it because a lot of people, myself included, um, you know, we have these unrecognized beliefs that are literally running our life. And it's bringing them into our awareness that is the healing because awareness is curative. Awareness really is the light. So it's bringing them to the light. Because those beliefs that are running our life and causing the pain, they're just not true. And so it it takes tremendous willingness to be able to say, okay, I am going to be masterful and I am not going to allow this to continue anymore. And we think that we have to figure it all out ourselves, but... If we're just willing to do a little bit, the spirit will do everything else. And then you you will find that you are just naturally led and guided to things. But the thought that you won't be also prevents you from allowing yourself to receive the guidance. Right. Like I, I did do the divine experiment for like 23 days and I, you know, my headaches didn't go away. So I think my, then the doubt started to kind of come back like, Oh, see, Mm -hmm. it's not, you know, and then I'm like, well, that's now it's really not going to happen because I'm doubting it. Mm -hmm. Well, see, and part of it is, and I don't hear other spiritual teachers really talking about this, but there is a, there's a real difference in our experience. If we're doing the spiritual practice because our motivation is to end our pain versus we're doing our spiritual practice because our motivation is to, to be free, to know ourselves as God. 
So it's a big difference in motivation. I want to end my suffering. Because people can have what seems like a temporary cessation of their suffering. But if if that's all they're after, then they'll stop at that point and the suffering will return. Mm-hmm. So that's why I don't, that's why I talk so much about really looking at you know, is your motivation to awaken? Is your motivation to uh, live as your true identity? And for a lot of people, that is just, wow, that is so out of reach. That's so radical. I can't even conceive of that. And I get it. I get it. Um, But if you're willing to say, as radical as that sounds, I am willing to be the Christ presence in my own life. I'm willing to walk in this world as an awakened one. And that's the motivation for my spiritual practice, to be my own awakened self versus to be able to pay my bills or to have a good, you know, relationship or to heal my body. Thank you so much. I think that's very Yeah. Because, you know, the pain really does push us until the vision pulls us. But the pull of the vision is much stronger than the pain. And we get to choose what, whether we'll be motivated by pain <coughs> or inspired by vision. We get to choose how we want to live. And... Most of us don't know how to be inspired by a vision of our own holiness. So that's why we just have to give the heavy lifting away and say, Holy Spirit, teach me how to be inspired by a vision of my own holiness. I am willing to be healed and inspired by the vision of my own holiness. That's a powerful affirmation. I am willing to be inspired and healed by a vision of my own holiness. Yeah, that is really nice. Yeah. So, you're, you know, uh, you may have heard me talk about Thomas Alva Edison, who invented the light bulb and many other things. He, When he was working on the light bulb, I forget how many different things he tried for the filament, but uh, after he had tried a couple thousand things, one of his colleagues said something like, Thomas, how does it feel to have failed thousands of times? And he just he instantly said, I haven't failed. I have successfully eliminated all of those possibilities. Right? Yeah, that's really funny because when, when I try all these millions of things for my health and they don't work, and I say that, and my my husband says, "No, we, we're, this is great. We've eliminate. We're eliminating things." Ah, so, what a good guy! Right, he's on there with Edison. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. Yeah, thank you. And <clears throat> keep asking for prayer in the Facebook group. Because 
people who are willing to have a healing are willing to ask for prayer. How does that feel? Um, that feels good. That feels like a lot to think about and feels really good. Thank you so much. Yeah, very good. Excellent. Yeah, thank you for for being willing to talk about it, Kristen. Sure, yeah, hopefully. else. I think the thing about what is the motivation is a big key that I took away from that as far mm-hmm. as changing you know, what yeah. I'm about and what, why I am. So Yeah, it was a total life changer for me when I realized, oh, my God, I've been so motivated just to try and get some things and to right. eliminate my suffering. And it, when I popped into, I just want to know God, everything changed for me. Yeah. hmm Beautiful. All right. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you. So self-forgiveness and the forgiveness letter. So uh, I remember one year in Masterful Living, there was uh, someone in the class who right around this time of year said, and I think I've mentioned this before, said, you know, I'm, I'm loving this class. I'm loving the curriculum. It's all good. Things are definitely changing in my life. But I've got these core relationships and things are just not moving at the pace of healing that I would like in these core relationships. And I asked them, have you done a forgiveness letter yet around this relationship? Big silence. Well, no, I haven't done any forgiveness letters yet. I said, well, you're saying that the pain and suffering in your relationships is about opinions and judgments and grudges and unforgiveness, and you haven't done a forgiveness letter. So it sounds like you are avoiding the healing. Why not jump in and do a forgiveness letter? So I said, that's your assignment for this week is to write a self-forgiveness letter about your experience in this relationship. And, of course, uh, they did that self-forgiveness letter and they had an amazing, miraculous demonstration almost immediately in the relationship. Long-term relationship, miraculous experience. So if you haven't done a forgiveness letter yet, if you haven't done a self-forgiveness letter yet, then there's some real healing that awaits you. And I invite you to do that. So I would like to just, uh, you know, the forgiveness letter, instructions, page 24 in your workbook there, workbook number one. And um, I just want to go over a couple of things because uh, there, there's been so much benefit that people have brought themselves using this very simple technique. And I do encourage you, as I say in the instructions, to, to just set the tone for yourself. Create a little um, 
environment of love and peace for yourself. Make it a little bit special. Light a candle. Put some music on. Uh, sit outside in nature or whatever it is that you can do to give yourself this real gift of writing this letter. <clears throat> and then because it's about um, really investing yourself, right? So in terms of our upsets and our fears and our worries and our poverty consciousness and all these different things, uh, illness, we invest a lot in that. So why not invest something <clears throat> more in your healing by giving yourself this environment that's supportive to you to write this letter. And then start off by writing uh, a clear intention in your purpose for writing the letter. And I, I got this really from Gandhi, <clears throat> who said, if you feel angry, in one of his books, he said, if you feel angry about something, write about it. But d before you write about it, make sure you set the intention to clear the anger out, not just to wallow in it. So th there's that. And then the <clears throat> I, I always encourage you to write the first um, forgiveness letter to yourself. And you're going to write a paragraph or more on each of the statements in the letter as you walk through it. So... Um, just to give you an example, um, so let's see how we're going to apply this to my experience um, last week with my nephew. All right, I'm going to write a letter for of self-forgiveness. So the first statement is about anger. I feel angry that he is keeping us waiting, that he kept us waiting. I feel afraid that he doesn't like me. He's mad at me. Something's wrong. I feel hurt that he's being disrespectful and not honoring me. I feel sad that there's a problem in our relationship, that he would treat me this way. Now, these are all opinions and judgments, but I'm expressing them. I'm getting them out. And it really is helpful to write a paragraph or a page on each one because then you really bring them up, bring them to the light of your awareness so you can look at them. Are these thoughts true? Do they have value? And then I accept. So I accept what happened. I accept that he kept us waiting for a half an hour. And I accept that... Now, see, I'm not bothered anymore, but let's say he and I didn't talk about it. I could say, I accept that right now it appears that there's a difficulty in our relationship. And the deep desire of my heart now is for us to have a loving and peaceful relationship and to enjoy each other. What I'm doing to support myself now is... Uh, so if I hadn't talked to him, I would say what I'm doing to support myself now is I'm making a plan to take responsibility and to talk with him and see what it is I've done that he's treating me this way. Um, 
what I am asking uh, the person or myself, in this case it's a self-forgiveness letter, what I'm asking myself for now is compassion for myself and compassion for my nephew. I'm asking myself to be in my compassionate, loving heart rather than judging it and being in blame. And what I'm asking for help with from myself or from the universe now is to surrender all opinions and judgments and all the fear that are produced by them. And then I'm grateful that I can still talk with my nephew. I'm grateful that I can take responsibility. I'm grateful that there can be a healing and that I'm willing to allow myself to receive it. And then my loving and powerful intention going forward is to have a loving and harmonious relationship with my nephew and to resolve any and all conflict with ease and grace. So you could see how someone even taking 15 minutes a day could write 40 letters effectively in 40 days. Doesn't have to take an hour. But usually by the time someone does their first one, they've pent up a lot. And there's a ton of opinions and judgments and a ton of upset that can get released from doing these letters. So let me just see has anyone who's uh, in the class now um, done uh, one of these letters and experienced? Um, and uh, uh, that it's made a real difference for them. Anybody done that? Start to to raise your hand. Okay, Ron is raising his hand. Hey, Ron. Uh, hey, Jennifer. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, I'd, 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 I'd done uh, my first series of forgiveness letters uh, about a month and a half ago. And it was, I think, the first time I'd really, maybe I'd done something like that once before, but it was it was quite interesting. And I, I, I didn't think that the letter would be very long. <laughs> As you just said about the judgments and opinions, my goodness, I could have kept writing for a while. Uh, it's amazing <laughs> what starts coming out. Um, but the one that really I, I got some traction on that I could really kind of see some results on right away is when I was having a, an issue with my 18-year-old son who tends to be fairly combative uh, that I did a forgiveness letter uh, for myself. Uh, I needed to address something uh, with him that was, what was kind of important. Uh, and uh, generally speaking, when uh, I did things like that uh, and I um, not confronted it, but tried to discuss any any way I tried to coin it, turn it, uh, uh, bring it forward, would typically end up in some angst on his side, sometimes mine, but uh, particularly on his side, which never made me feel very good at at the end of it, generally speaking. Uh, but 
uh, again, going into the situation with the forgiveness letter to myself and the forgiveness letter to him, put myself in the in the frame of mind that he was um, just a you know a perfect a perfect son of God, uh, and that uh, I should see only the light in him. And when I walked in the room and we started our discussion, oh my goodness, it was it was just. Um, different than night and day. Mm. Um, and, you know, made me think in the past that maybe my not my apprehension, my expectation of having combativeness had basically uh, maybe brought that out in him in the past. Uh, and that I had drawn that to myself as opposed to, uh, you know, clearing the slate from a forgiveness perspective and going in there with a clean white white slate and only um you know uh, only thinking the highest and the best it, it was it was it was just uh amazing and and you know I felt extremely good afterwards and uh, it seemed to be fairly um a fairly effective and salient discussion too so it, it just that that's the example that I can at least put out there uh with the forgiveness letters for for myself so so what did that really teach you well, it's, uh, you know, again, in many situations like this, you know me, because we've interacted a fair amount. I'm, I can tend to be uh, fairly analytical, sometimes I'll be over-analytical on the mind side and not, not uh, coming really as much from the heart side as I should. And, you know, I think the forgiveness letter for me uh, took me more, more to the heart uh, and that uh, that almost a, a, a sensitizing that natural uh, higher Holy Spirit self-emotional intelligence was, you know, a really good place to be. And may, maybe that's a place to, to be all the time, every day, <laughs> all the way. Um, and, and, and that, and that, that, that very likely in situations that I end up in that, that, uh, or that I'm a part of that don't end up on that same kind of result, that it's important for me to look within myself uh, and see what it is that that I'm mirroring, that I'm bringing, that I'm maybe not bringing to the situation, not the conversation, but but from the heart perspective to the environment of the situation. Um, so it, 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 I think it, it, it taught me to be more. Um, not only mindful but heartful, I guess, on a, mm-hmm. um, um, going forward, and which is not, I can say, this not a normal practice for me, and not something that that comes, you know, um, very, very naturally. But it's something that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to uh, trying to work at, or trying to allow, I should say, instead of work at to allow. Yeah. But but it, but but I have to. But 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 the the forgiveness letter is a tool that that seems to draw that out. Yes. It does. It helps us to get out of our heads and into our hearts. Yeah. And it helps us to feel our feelings. Mm-hmm. Because as we go through and do the writing, and I strongly encourage you 
anyone to do this uh, not on a computer, but to, you know, write out longhand. I know that some people have difficulty writing um, for physical reasons. So in that case, then perhaps to talk it out, um, uh, to, um, you know, speak it out loud and you could record it and re-listen to it could be very helpful. And sometimes something like that, just even just talking it all out from the get-go could be good. Um, one thing you don't ever need to do is to share those letters with anyone. Because it's, it's just not about anybody else. Well, that is really helpful and inspiring, Ron. Thank you. My pleasure. Yeah. It's uh, so encouraging. Yeah. Thank you. All right. We are about at time here. And so uh, anybody have any other questions or comments? Uh, okay, I've got a couple here. Mary is going to... Mary? Yes, Jennifer. I know that... Uh, let me see if I can find my question here. Um, oh, let's see. It was a statement that you made. Okay, when you said, I am willing to be inspired and healed, when you're talking to Kirsten... Um, I am. It was an affirmation. I am willing to be inspired and healed by the vision of my own holiness. Vision of my own holiness. Does that? What does that? Does what does it mean? Is that how you imagine your body being healed? I am willing to be inspired and healed by the vision of my own holiness. Vision of my own holiness. I don't understand that. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a really good question, Mary. So for me, my holiness has nothing to do with my body. My holiness has to do with my true nature, pristine, awake, christ presence the the my holy christ self uh is what i'm really referring to the i am presence that i am uh i am willing to be inspired and healed by a vision and a course of miracles talks about vision which is in the mind it's not with the eyes and it's that ability to perceive clearly, to see clearly, to know really, not to perceive, but to know clearly the truth. And so to know the truth of my own holiness, that would be perhaps a, a, a way to say it that you might relate to better. I'm willing to be inspired and healed 
by the knowledge of my own holiness. Okay. Got it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And we've got Vicki raising her hand again. Vicki? Uh, I just have yes, I just have a very quick question. When you were suggesting to do the letter by hand instead of using a computer, um I just wanna know your um like why you are suggesting to do that. Yeah, there is something that happens with putting pen or pencil to paper that just doesn't happen. It's some way that the spirit connects in that I find just doesn't happen at the same level with a computer. I I don't know if it's energetics or what it is, but it definitely, in my experience, is far more powerful by using pen or pencil and paper. Okay, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And as we're coming to, this is the last week in April, so next week we'll be in May, and we'll be um, working in workbook number two. And so I really encourage you to write the congratulations to you uh letter uh, that's um page 205 in your 285 in your workbook no i'm sorry 205 in your workbook and uh, and um it's it's a fun exercise it really is to write that letter and and then i encourage you to uh mail it to yourself and uh open it at a time that is a time when you'd like some inspiration or just to receive it in the mail can be nice. Um, yeah, so I really encourage you to uh, to take the time to, to do that and to invest in bringing forth that congratulations letter from your higher Holy Spirit self. And uh, a lot of times what we don't bother to do is celebrate our successes. And so we also oftentimes don't bother to be grateful. And so I think it's really worthwhile celebrating our successes and being grateful. Uh, It's we we've tra- many of us have trained ourselves to be so hard on ourselves we don't allow for that celebration in our success well thank you for all the wonderful sharing in this class and uh, we are going to uh talk about angels in my hair next week so um i i gave that um request to you or share with you to to read that Angels in My Hair book. So we're going to talk about that next week. You don't have to read it. If you haven't read it, uh, you can still read it, of course. it's I think it's a wonderful book. I love Lorna's books. And uh, I love Lorna. And uh, Lorna Byrne, the author. Um, 
I did share a radio show interview that I did with her back in November, I think it was, or early December of 2012. So you can go to the archive and get that. There's a wonderful audio book version of Angels in My Hair. I invite you to uh, go and get that. And then there are lots of YouTube videos with Lorna as well. And I encourage you to, to watch some of those as well. All right. And let's place our hand on our heart. Be so grateful and so thankful for all of the beautiful sharing in our class today. So grateful and so thankful that we are becoming more masterful becoming our true selves and revealing our potential, wisdom, beauty, healing, harmony, peace, clarity, freedom, abundance, prosperity. We're allowing ourselves to experience the fullness of the kingdom. To be the fullness of the kingdom is our destiny and we're allowing ourselves to step into our destiny truly we're sharing the benefits with everyone because we're one with them so grateful and so thankful to allow our healing to be we let it be and so it is amen 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 oh, i love you have a great great week God bless you.